supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. And no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind in this race for space. This episode has been brought to you by Brott's Beard Care, premium beard oil made right here in Central Oregon at City of Winter Garden, Florida by Kelly Brott himself. Go to Brott's Beard uh, Care. He said Central you, Oregon. This is Central Florida. Central We're talking about Oregon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen to me. Good cat. Central Florida. We're just this, like, wait okay. a second. We've been talking. I know we've been talking about Oregon all day just because of weather and stuff. It's like, man, <laughs> Central Florida. I, I'm from Central Oregon, so that's all. Uh, oh, all right. Hey, it's not an episode if I don't screw something up. Anyway, broadbeardcare.com. Go there. Use promo code three beards with a capital B. You're going to save twenty percent off. You get free shipping on all orders. So. Now we're we're going to try not to mess this one up here. So Michael Lee Hill is it was been gracious to join us on short notice. We um just we were scrambling for a guest and he came on. So he's he had YouTube channel. You can go um, anybody can go there right now for him and subscribe at Michael Lee Hill. And you can also go to his website, which is michaelleehill.net, and go there and check him out. Um, he just released a documentary on his YouTube channel uh, called Lake Erie Communications. Uh, see if I can get the full title here. Lake, um, yep, complete 2020 version. You'll see it right when you go to his channel. It'll be right, right there in the top. So at this time, Michael Lee Hill, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Really good. Yeah, uh, we met you, met you through our secret agent booking man mark eddie he's he's our <laughs> he's our connection um saw he was talking about you and then we mutual friend michael w hall he had uh, yeah. spaced out radio and i was watching that and i told mark it's like yeah it's you know I, i'd love to have him on the show and he reached out to you and uh, obviously here we are it was yeah. perfect timing. yep so no it the when, as soon as you mentioned, I I kind of I'm telling you, there are some gremlins today. <laughs> My camera just oh, took an endo. What is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who who cast the bad juju? Come on, Austin, Chris, which one? Which one of you did it? it yeah. Anyway, so we we were just I was just mentioned it. Was, he mentioned that you had. You were Lake Erie UFOs, and immediately I was like, "Ooh, let's talk about that." So, how how did you come about being connected with Lake Erie and the UFO connection, sir? Well, I live in Central Florida now. How about that? But uh, growing up, I lived awesome. in East Lake, Ohio, which is situated right on Lake Erie. It's actually a suburb of Cleveland, and um, I lived. I could walk to the lake from my house and probably about 2005 ish. Um, I'm a musician where I have a band practice at my house 
And me and the bass player went out and uh, smoke break. And right on the shore of Lake area was a UFO. And it was very close. I didn't get a chance to get that one on film, but it sparked my interest to start going down to the lake and finding any little beaches and coves that I could sneak onto. And I had my camera ready. And if a big ball of light went by, I would film them. And uh, so that's how it all started, just pretty innocently. Matter of fact, at that time, I didn't even know what I was seeing because it's not your typical UFO made out of metal and nuts and bolts, you know. It's just this huge, multidimensional, big old house-sized ball of light. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, you know, I can tell you what happened was that drew the interest of the History Channel because some of the uh, footage went viral, as your listeners could see when you visit my YouTube page, which is Michael Lee Hill. It's over 5 million views now. And some of the footage went viral, and that ended up having the History, History Channel contact me. So that's how the whole thing wow. began. So you actually so, do you actually have a documentary on the History Channel as well, or they just contacted you and got your story? No, actually, uh, yeah, I have a whole episode on the History Channel. It's the UFO Hunters show, and it's episode is called Alien Contact because uh, it was really interesting because what <laughs> they found out was they were doing a show on Skywatchers, and me and my Lake Erie UFOs were supposed to have – you know, five minutes on the show, but they had just went to Washington and interviewed a Marine and his name was Terrell Copeland. But what they found was he had filmed the exact same orbs of light type UFOs are showing up worldwide right now, but he had the same story of spiritual, a spiritual message given to him, which is that whole uh, law of attraction kind of, you know, bed of info. And um, he had contact with, you know, government agencies. So the History Channel thought, how weird would it be? Because, well, what I need to tell you is Terrell Copeland was being sent overseas and they did a medical workup on him. And it was found he had an unknown blood anomaly that the best military doctors in the world could not figure out. So they thought, how weird would it be if me and this other guy that had the same footage and the same story, but we're 500 miles apart and never met each other, what, what would it mean if I ended up with that same blood anomaly? So the History Channel ended up uh, sending both of us to Boston to have our medical and blood work done by a Harvard professor, and his name is David Sistrom. So the next thing I knew, um, it went from a five-minute segment to the entire episode. And um, so that was the first time. I've actually, you know, I, I think the universe wants this story out because I've been contacted now by uh, a bunch of TV shows. Did a show for Spike TV. It's not been allowed to air yet. Um, due to national security. I was like, well, that's crazy. But anyhow. Wow. That's awesome. Hey, real quick, though. I mean, if you want to talk about validation of your story, 
if they're not allowing it because of that, you know, and they're citing national security, it's kind of telling you that there might be something to this guy's story. And he's not just some right. crazy guy that's been out smoking, you know, that night and saw says, I saw something because the government's like, no, you're not talking about that at all. It's, so, you're you're going to hold on to that. Well, I got to so say, I, I am a fan of marijuana. So I'm not <laughs> saying I, wasn't I didn't get the camera high. You know what I mean? <laughs> So with that, so with that said, is there certain things that you can't touch on tonight? And if we happen to run across something, oh, you man, can't just kind of. I'm an open book, and I've never signed any disclosure. You know, I've never signed anything saying I can't talk about it. So I'm open to talk about anything. Definitely, that's, so, that's awesome. So, did you receive a message from? Your, your encounter or you didn't receive the same message uh, message that he received? Have you received any well, messages? Yeah, actually, because, you know, believe it or not, I know some of this stuff, I know what it sounds like, but it happens to be true. But um, that episode aired in March of 2008. In the summer of 2008, I was invited to go to this festival called Serious Rising. And now I know the Anunnaki come from Sirius. Didn't know it at the time. At that time, I didn't know what an Anunnaki even was. There was no ancient aliens on TV. There was, <laughs> I didn't know. But so I went to this festival and I was met by these beings who, they let me know that they were not normal human beings because they were faceless. And that's kind of disconcerting. But um, I had a whole, spent the whole weekend with them. That was the first uh, first time I met them. I'm not talking channeling or anything like that. They said, we want to talk to you about this blood anomaly that was revealed on the History Channel. We can get into that, what it was. But um, they said, it's an indicator that you're of our hybrid bloodline that was known as the Nephilim in the Bible. And uh, so, yeah, that was my... It, it ended up me meeting them. And yeah, getting information, it's, it's, you know, it's crazy, but they gave me a whole course of study on what I call cosmic harmonious frequency. And it's like what Tesla was talking about, you know, how to align yourself with cosmic energy. And um, it all rev revolved around this most uh, harmonious frequency. It's 432 hertz instead of 440. Today's musical standard is 440. And um, so uh, they use crop circles to communicate some truths about this. And I started releasing some of what I was taught. And I ended up getting contacted by uh, Richard C. Hoagland, which uh -huh. was uh, you know, one of my heroes growing up, you know, and uh, so he had me on a show and surprisingly he said, Michael, you know, I know your story sounds crazy to a lot of people, but NASA has been looking into how energy works multidimensionally for a very long time. He calls it hyperdimensional physics. And um, he said, we, as in him and NASA, know that your numbers are right on the money. So he offered to have my work, which when you showed my website, I make these crystal discs. Let me grab one. Oh, 
This is uh Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Yeah, was, I can see it right there. Those are those are really cool looking. I saw you showed one of those on your spaced out, you know, appearance on spaced yes, out I radio, and I was, yeah, I I I saw those, and I was I was cool that you brought those up because I wanted to ask you about those things. I mean, yeah, what had happened was because of this education into cosmic harmonious frequencies, I had uh, started looking into a new science called cymatics which is a new science of making the invisible visible. It started off with a big, it have, have a metal plate and you put sand on it, then take a bow. And as you bowed it, you know, it's like, you could watch the sand dance and it would take on geometry, but it wasn't random. Every time they hit specific frequencies, specific geometry would form. Well, that's now evolved till, to the point that they have a big vat of water and they have, um, it's called a cymoscope. If anyone wants to look into it and um, they can, ah, yeah, those are all cymatic images that you're bringing up. That's awesome. Uh, so what happens is they can pump frequency through it. They have a waveform generator. They can hit that water that has a real high tech camera to record what's going on on the surface. And um, that, uh, so for the first time we can see, what frequencies create what geometry? This gets very important with the actually the formation of physical matter because we know now they call it sacred geometry, which everything from an atom to galaxies are adhering to the same exact um, geometry, um, like the golden mean, Fibonacci sequences. And uh, that's why it's called sacred. But um, mm -hmm. so what happened was I hired these scientists to image my guitar recorded in my studio, um, but uh, tuned accurately. You know, I don't tune to 440 anymore. Um, so what you find out is this was the, the result. And so these scientists contacted me and they said, listen, we've never seen anything that is encoded the way that this is encoded. They said, it, it, you know, in the middle there, if you can see, let me try to... Mm -hmm. It's a toroidal donut. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Thrive, but it's all about what they're calling the vector equilibrium or toroidal physics. Well, this isn't computer generated. This is the first picture of a uh, toroidal physics. It's almost like a black hole, you know? It's not almost. It's, it's the uh, working end of, well, let me back up because NASA got involved and they took one of these and what they did was they took a glass of water and they used what's called a GDV camera, which is kind of like carrying photography. It can record how much photonic energy is within a droplet of water. And so they used California municipal tap water and I got the six control photographs and they're almost dead. It's just like this little tiny pinprick of light in the middle of the image because we've almost killed our water, you know, by putting fluoride and putting chlorine and making it take, you know, right angle turns. There are no right angle turns in nature. Water wants to spiral. And so what they did was took six photographs at um, control. And then they took one of these discs and just put the glass of water on top of it. And then 15 minutes later, they took another six photographs. And check this out. This is an actual, I created a disc out of it. Uh, every time this is, I go yeah. to shows, that's 
what was a little tiny pinprick of water, that's how much energy is now within the water droplet. This is historical. First of all, this doesn't have wires going to it. There's no battery in it. The scientists themselves are going, what, what the hell is going on, you know? So I asked the biophysicist from NASA, I said, well, listen, if there's no energy, but now there's energy, that's some form of unlimited free energy. I said, where is that energy coming from? You know, is it from our sun? Is it from our planets? Is it hmm. from our planet's electromagnetic fields? She said, no, it's coming from another dimension. I thought, well, that's pretty freaking weird, <laughs> you know? Never had to ask wow. myself the question, what's it mean to be drinking water that has energy in it from another dimension? <laughs> but um, so their communication to me into cosmic harmonious frequencies has now been verified by NASA. And I got all the data, all the photography. Matter of fact, I'm waiting for someone to contact me and I'm ready to share it with the world because I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, um, one of the biophysicists also told me that they said what they found is if only when a frequency equals nine, such as 432, like four plus three plus two equals nine, it's lower octave is 216, two, one and six is nine. The lower octave than that, you guys know what an octave is? I don't want to be throwing out words. Yes, I can't, I can't say I'm an expert in this. Just, I mean, it's just my basic knowledge of, you know, it's just like you scale down, you know, octaves, you go up or down. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's you know, the easiest way for someone that doesn't know what I'm talking about is if you had your middle note on a piano tuned properly, where there's still lower A notes on a piano. So it's real simple. You just divide, you know, if you've got your middle note tuned to 432, um, then you just divide it by two. That's 216. And that gives you the accurate hertz, which is a scientific measurement per second of how many waves per second is in a waveform. So, uh, you know, to get back to the importance of this, um, our bodies get most of the chi and prana you know, electrical capacitance we hold on a cellular level from water. So once we're drinking dead water, man, it's not good. It's uh, We're actually dying when we're 60 and 70, not because of ill health. It's because our bodies are dehydrated. The water we're drinking in a closed system, you know, and plus, do uh, you guys know who Dr. Omoto is by any chance? I've heard of him. Name sounds familiar. Let's see if I can break for people that don't know. Yeah, it's so really I won't, cool. I won't lie. As you're talking about dead water, drinking it, think I'm over here. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, it's, it's filtered it. water. I'm like, uh oh. Check this out. I found out like all the mojos in the image. So I'm like, well, why don't I just make coasters? <laughs> you can make your own 432 water. Is what I'm saying. Um, there, all that's, this is available. That's cool. Yeah, man, because this gets into uh, Native American Indian, um knowledge. I'm part of a, what's called star knowledge movement, which is Chief Gold, Golden Light Eagle, who's been on Ancient Aliens many times. Um, he got the, the permission, he says, from Spirit to uh, um, release thousands of years of contact with star beings. And he started what's called the star knowledge and um, what I can tell you is this just broke through, Star Knowledge did, and we just filmed um, 
for the Canadian public corporation. And if you go to university, university of Ottawa and um, just type in that and um, star knowledge, you'll see that this just broke big time with the show we filmed plus college courses on actual star knowledge. And you know, what is star knowledge? It's knowledge of light and sound and how light and sound create physical reality. And uh, so I feel very fortunate to be uh, a part of all that. Well, based off like even just those images you said, it kind of makes sense because, you know, crop circles, there's been always reports from people that right there, they hear a sound or they hear, you know, hear something. And so it would make sense that, you know, because people, people have always like, well, how's this done? You know, we don't see any light or, you know, anything. So if, if a sound you doing a sound is able to create that kind of energy, that image in that you were able to capture in that disc, it's, you know, does it's not even with close to without the realm of possibility that a craft, you know, craft UFO could easily emanate that same type of sound and it interacts with the surface of the earth Absolutely. the same way. You're right. Everything's on, made uh, of water. Everything's yeah. made of water. You're, you're right on the right track. If you ask me, um, you know, using climatics, you know, as I said, 432 is the secret number, but the lower than that is 216, then 108. 108's interesting because Tibetan monks have 108 prayer beads on their, uh, and uh, then the lower one is 54 and then 27 hertz. So 27 hertz is scientifically four octaves below 432, exactly. When you pump 432, I mean, 27 hertz through a cymoscope, you know, a cymatic device. What you get is a perfect seven-pointed star. So as you were saying, you know, this is every time this camera puts it to the wrong side. I know. I um, but That's see that seven-pointed star? This is an actual crop circle. Every time wow. you see a seven-pointed star, it's 432 related. And um, what's really toasted my noodle is one night they're like, I'm, when I, I'm saying they, you know, they said, Michael, get up and divide a circle by seven because they started all these crop circles that they guided me into this knowledge are based on seven pointed stars. So they said, you need to divide a circle by seven. So I did. And what you get is 51.428. I'm like, well, all right, so what, you know? Well, why is that important? First thing I found is there's a ley line that runs through UK, the UK, and it runs through Avebury, Stonehenge, and it's called St. Michael's Ley Line. Well, just go look at the latitude of St. Michael's Ley Line. Type Avebury and find out the latitude. It's 51.428. It is a seven-pointed wow. star. Like so, you get all these seven-pointed star crop circles showing up along the fifty-one point four two eight latitude line of this planet. They're definitely telling us, giving us a message, you know. Um, but what I can tell you is, once I found that out, first of all, we used to think the pyramid only had four sides, and like Graham Hancock had that side angle at fifty-one point eight six. They just, scientists just found out that only on two days of the year, I think it's solstice, uh, actually equinox, I believe. It's either the solstice or the equinox, and it's only twice a year, um, kind of like in Chichen Itza, where you can see that serpent run down the steps. 
You know, mm -hmm. all twice a year, you could see the pyramid actually has eight sides. So it's not just one side angle. There's a hidden side angle. So as I'm finding this out, this voice is like, Michael, subtract your 51.428 from the known 51.86. So I do, and you know what it is? It's 432. I was like, holy crap. You know, no one knows this wow. yet. But the same way Graham Hancock proved that if you take the height and the um, base perimeter length of the pyramid and you multiply it by 43,200, you get the ac accurate dimensions of planet Earth. So they've been trying. Really? Yeah, yeah. So make a long story short. I know too late. <laughs> um, this is once, you know, I got to tell you. So 360 degrees, a circle, divided by seven is one-seventh away around a circle. So what they showed me is imagine, like in your third eye, they're showing you a circle, and then they got like mm -hmm. a highlighter, and they highlight one-seventh away the, around the circle, and then they let the rest of the circle fall away. And... Uh, Right when they showed me that arc, um, they showed it being mirrored to itself, and it did this. You know, here's, let's just say this is the 51.428 arc. Then they float up another one underneath of it. And right when they showed me this, which is like an eye shape, you know, mm -hmm. they, uh, they said, that's the true arc of the covenant. And I thought, well, that's strange. I said, boy, I'd really like to see a seven-pointed star because, as I said, they had um, been guiding me into the significance of the seven-pointed star and how it relates to cosmic harmonious frequencies and which will lead mankind to unlimited free energy. Well, this is what showed up the very next day. See the arc? Wow. It is the seven-pointed star for the first time ever. But what's really weird is this showed up along that St. Michael's ley line. Well, this, if you, any of your viewers just type in seal of the seven archangels, it's this. So they put a seal of the seven archangels along St. Michael's ley line. And what I'm finding out, another name for St. Michael is Ia Inki of the Anunnaki, which I'm my bloodline is connected to we'll just leave it at that i believe in reincarnation so uh but i don't believe it's i think all time is simultaneous so it's the same oversoul uh incarnating into many different timelines simultaneously it's a little different huh. but um so yeah this this was huge to me to you know for this confirmation but this is one of five i can tell you this was the first one, and it encodes. By the way, when I met the Anunnaki, matter of fact, maybe I can show you this. Um, see how it's like these dots? It's yeah. like yeah. dot, dot, empty, dot, dot, dot. Well, what had happened was when I met them, they said, we were once known in your past as the Anunnaki, and you were once known in your past as Ia Inki, the water bearer. <clears throat> well... Let me tell you, first, like I said, there was no ancient aliens. I didn't know what an Anunnaki even was. So I sure as heck didn't know what Ia Inki was or the water bearer. But now, you know, 
with this, well, I guess I can look someone in the eye and go, you know what? I am the water bearer. Um, but with this, I asked wow. them, can you encode the name Ia Inky into a crop circle? That will be my confirmation that you are who you say you are, and I am who you say I am. And um, that was in 2009. This didn't show up until uh, 2011. But what I want to tell you is these lines on every point of the seven-pointed star, when you decode it, it's ASCII binary code. And it says Ia space Inky. So this became very important to me. I didn't know what the seven-pointed star meant, but it's like they did do what I asked of them. But between 2009 and 2011 is when they started guiding me into cymatics and this new science of being able to see what specific frequencies, what type of geometry it makes. I can show you the other crop circles while we're at it. This was in the same field, but it was one year prior and it's, that's cool I, I yep i've recognized that one ascii <clears throat> binary code again and it's e equals mc squared so i thought right away well what's 432 you know the seven pointed star in the ia inky crop circle have to do with e equals mc squared well you find out 432 squared is c it is the speed of light within one percent accuracy so the you know every scientist tell us Everything's both particle and wave, right? Well, E equals MC squared is only the particle part of the equation. So where's the wave? Well, it's 432 because it's the only frequencies that 432 squared becomes C squared times mass equals energy. And right here is, you know. They said the free, oh, is it true that what you're talking about 432 is that they say that frequency is a very, healing frequency i don't oh, know yeah. that's what i've heard i mean i don't know how true that is they say the 432 megas mz whatever is a very healing Hurts. frequency absolutely um you know just being in its presence uh you know that's one thing man it's I, i'm starting a grassroots movement of getting musicians to retune because talking about it is one thing but imagine you went to your local bar and the ba band was tuned properly you'd get a healing just by being at the bar just from the sound you know and um <clears throat> it's an interesting story it was a nazi scientist who in the 1940s brought us into a equals 440 hertz and this is really important because if you use that same cymatic device called a cymoscope and you pump 440 through it, there's no geometry. There's no complexity. There's no geometry. It just looks like a puddle. But then you back it off eight cents, which to the human ear is just a little tiny bit. But all of a sudden, it comes into perfect focus, you know, and you get this. Instead of a puddle, you know, that. By the way, so these scientists were like, we've used this technology to image everything known to mankind, from dolphin noises to baby noises to every frequency known to mankind. But they said we've never seen this kind of complexity or dimensionality. And they, they said the only thing that they can figure out is it's because this, this sound file came from my Joe Satriani guitar amplifier. 
They said the mm -hmm. tubes that are in it to make that crunchy Van Halen, uh, Jimi Hendrix kind of crunch is that was their uh, idea of why, whoops, how this is so encoded. And I'm thinking, that, how cool is that, man? It's rock magic. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, no, something, obviously. That's cool. You go to a rock concert at the same time. Not only do you get a killer concert, you're there. You also come back recharged. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Feeling better. Yeah, that's on a cellular level, man. You know what's cool too is I found out I own a bunch of Tibetan singing bowls, and the crown chakra ones are tuned perfectly to 432 hertz. So it's like, hmm, I wonder what the Tibetan monks know. And from what I understand, they don't have a tuning reference. They're just that tuned in to frequency and how it feels that they use their intuition to perfectly tune those singing bowls. Matter of fact, I got one around here somewhere, but yeah, it's um, one of the it's one of those weird things too. It's like I've had people, you know, like singing bowls, you get there, and I'm like, and I, I've tried to ask a few people, you know, and nobody's really had an answer. I don't myself, it doesn't have a soothing effect to me. Hmm. It's really weird. It's like I'll have it and it just it's like I'll listen to it, but I don't ever feel myself just like, you know, just relaxing and just you know, maybe I just I'm not in a place where I need to be to focus focus on it, you know, but it's one of those things. Every time I've been there, it's just it's like all I focus on it's it's kind of like that OCD thing when something, you know, like eating something crunchy and all you hear is yourself eating that crouton and it drives you insane. It's like I hear, I hear the, you know, I hear the dragging thing around the bowl and that's what I hear the whole time. I just hear that. Well, the only thing I can say is um, a lot of singing bowls that aren't from Tibet, I'm pretty sure they're not tuned properly. Um, so especially big glass the white ones, you know, I've asked, well, do you know what frequency that is? And most people are like, no, no clue. The Tibetan ones are made out of copper and they're handmade. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm a musician, so I have plenty of different ways to check tuning and they're right on the money. Um, when you hear the 432 Hertz, matter of fact, just type in 432 and singing bowl, on YouTube and you'll find some stuff. I think you'll have a different, um, a different experience. Yeah. I'm writing that down just so I can. Cause yeah, it's just what I've just thought about that. And, you know, and as we're talking about like with the energy, it's, it's kind of making sense as you're describing, you know, when we start out, we're talking about the Lake Erie things that you would be in tune and you would see something like an energy form coming up out of the water. I mean, obviously water bearer, you have a connection with the water, so it makes sense that you would be that you would be somebody that would be there, and at the same time, I mean, do you do you think there was more than just a time coincidence? Do you think this is more like I'm here, and this was more like the appearance was meant to be, like this yes. is the time to reveal ourselves? Uh, yes, because you know, once it actually led to contact with the intelligence behind the phenomenon, then it's still ongoing to this day. You know, I'm part of the star knowledge movement is to reveal that this is truly the Atlantean bloodline on the planet. And it's weird because Edgar Casey knew all of what I'm telling you. He said Atlantis went down in three earth changes, not one. 
One was 51,000 years ago, and one was 27,000 years ago. And the last one was 10,500 years ago. The first two Earth changes, the Atlanteans went uh, to the right, and they went into the Bosque area. And um, But the last one, 10,500 years ago, the elders stayed behind with the sinking ship, so to speak. And when they left 10,500 years ago, they went to the left for the first time. And they came up into the bottom of the North American continent and they met the Mayans first. You know, the Mayans even said there was this big white dude showed up and showed them how to make the calendar and, you know, the pyramids and everything else. But um, sooner or later, darkness set in and the blood and flesh sacrifice ceremonies started to set in and uh, the Atlanteans were like, well, let's get the heck out of Dodge. And uh, so they went up right through the middle of the North American continent, becoming known as the mound builders. The mound builders eventually intertwined into the Native American First Nations. Uh, mainly the Iroquois, and I'm Iroquois Seneca, have the largest numbers of this bloodline. But the, the Sioux, which is Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, have retained their star knowledge um, the most. So Chief Golden Light Eagle is Dakota. And um, so it's interesting because a lot of people know Edgar Casey did a lot of work on Atlantis and the Hall of Records specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but people don't know. He actually said what happened to the Atlanteans as well. So I can tell you the Native American Indian chiefs, elders, and grandmothers know this. Matter of fact, Chief Golden Light Eagle, when I first met him, he's like, oh, so you're from around the Great Lakes up there. And I said, yeah. He goes, oh, you're one of those Atlanteans, heavy duty. And he walked away. I'm like, shit, I thought I was, I was like on the cutting wow. edge of information. Here I am, uh, the last to know, evidently. But they know <laughs> that they are the remnants. This is very interesting to me because as you guys have probably heard, a lot of people throw the Anunnaki and the Nephilim under the proverbial bus that they're behind the secret societies pulling the strings, you know, keeping mankind enslaved. But when you find out the oldest Nephilim bloodline on this planet is intertwined into the Native American Indians, well, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever anymore because the Native American Indians have suffered more at that evil machinery. You know, the worst genocide on this planet ever was perpetrated against the Native American Indian First Nations. So, uh, I, you know, some of it's true. There is a faction of the Anunnaki who is in charge. They understand thoughts have an electromagnetic reality, energy, right? And energy can't be created or destroyed. So it needs to be transmuted, hopefully to its higher octave, and then you're done with it. You know, so how do you transmute a negative thought form? Well, you live it, you know? So there's part of the Anunnaki whose spiritual job it is to make you experience your own dark baggage and hope she'll change it and choose love over fear. Then you'll transmute yeah. those energies. If not, the same crap keeps happening to you over and over. And you go, why is the same crap still happening? It's well, you haven't transmuted those energies yet, you know? And they will keep recirculating until choose you got to choose something different you know 
it's really it's really weird the way you know the synchronicity between everything works because as you're describing i mean i don't know if you know we already had him on we're gonna have gary wayne he talks about the genesis 6 conspiracy about the nephilim he's on again for part two and this is kind of the, the thing where you know i'm kind of wondering it's you know that even though most likely you could have this group that is involved behind the scenes, but you'd also just like in every society, there's always that breakaway. The one that doesn't, that doesn't want to go with the thing it, that could have been the group that broke off and came in and inter intermingled with the native tribes in the North American continent, basically showing people this doesn't have to be the way. You know, it's, it's kind of weird though, because it's infiltrated everywhere within Native American Indian cultures. There are flesh and blood sacrifice ceremonies that have creeped in, and um, it's not necessary at all. What you find is, you know, since the Anunnaki know that thoughts have an electromagnetic reality, energy, that they broke off into two camps. One would make sure that no one got through the higher gates and the higher realms that was proven to give their energy, their I am away to illusionary outside sources. That is not allowed in higher realms, you know? So it's their job to dangle the dark carrot, you know, and see if they can get you to bite. The sad thing is most of us have taken the dark carrot, but on the flip side, there's, you know, in the native American Indian culture, they call them the seven, uh, seven war chiefs and seven peace chiefs. And the war chiefs will see if they can get you to bite at the dark carrot. The flip side is the light will see how much love and compassion you bring to any suffering that comes your way. Because the dark side, what Chief Golden White Eagle told me, he said, Michael, this is all about self-inflicted suffering through one's own free will. The dark has no dominion over any of us unless you give them permission. And once you give them permission, then there's certain factions that can use you as a battery, you know? Yeah. Now, I was kind of with the Iroquois. Do you think that this had any impact on their creation of the Iroquois Confederacy? Oh, yeah. I am the peacemaker. So yeah, where you would bring this up, that's, you know, I am Seneca and I am Iroquois. And, you know, some of my past incarnations, I was known as the peacemaker I was also known as chief corn planter. I know this stuff sounds crazy to most Westerners, but as you know, I've been recognized as peacemaker and the spokesman for the Nephilim because, I, as I said, there's two different sides. And you know, yeah, there was Marduk who reflected back a negative polarity. And so, yeah, if you're a human and you got a lot of garbage and fear and doubt in your belief system and you come across a multidimensional being whose job it is to make you experience that, you're going to go demon, you know? Um, so it's not like it's not true, but it's only half the story. There's a light side too that's trying to guide us into cosmic harmonious frequencies and things that will free mankind from the cabal and this oil slave economic system that we're part of. Yeah, Definitely. it's fun. We were talking about that earlier too, you know, between us. It's just, you know, what, what is it going to take, you know, for us to break this dependency 
on oil because not a, I mean, as it is right now, just our whole system is based on this. I mean, we can't just Tesla. all switch to sol solar panels, and so because once again, this energy has to be created. You know, not created because it's you know it's neither destroyed nor created. It has to be you know har harnessed in some fashion, and obviously. We're not doing the work that Mother Nature any favors because I could bring up some images. If for anybody that wants windmill power, there's some nice places in the Midwest where they have massive landfills where they are burying wind turbine blades. Yep. They're cutting them up and just burying them in this massive landfill. So obviously this isn't the solution. So is it going to yep. be a cold fusion? You know, so like the, the so where, you know, you come in kind of just to tie this. So is there something in this that is kind of in a way like we're still trying to f figure out a way to decipher it that shows us how to do this to achieve fusion, something that's a, you know, sustainable, non-polluting energy source. Yeah. I think 432 is the key. Um, Christopher Dunn, who has been on ancient aliens many times, he, uh, he's seen my discs and he's seen it was 432. So he talked to me, he goes, you know, we just found out that the actual chambers in the pyramid resonate at 432 hertz. That's where the, they're the most resonant, is that frequency particularly. Huh. And we know that there is water in there. So just like when you find the resonant frequency of like a glass, you know, you just go around the top of the glass and find what the frequency is where it's, it's the sound, then you can get a really good singer and use the amplitude to hit that resonant frequency, the glass will shatter. So what happens when you find the resonant frequency of water, you can separate it into oxygen and hydrogen? Well, hydrogen is very uh, much energetic. Um, so, you know, and as I said, I when I asked the biophysicist, you know, where's this extra energy coming from? And she said another dimension. I thought, well, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Anything that exists and the micro can exist, micro macro, right? As above, so below. <clears throat> so I thought, man, if it's proven already with NASA that um, it's increasing, by the way, the NASA scientists said, yeah, there's a lot of ways to restructure water. You know, you can send it through high magnetic fields. You can put it through you know, vortex it, you can spin it. Um, but in every every way that they've tested it, it can bring in more energy, it gets brighter, but the periphery also gets bigger and more diffuse at the edges. They said for the first time, the more that they kept the water on my disc, because they did, not only did they do the control at, you know, nothing, then 15 minutes, they took another six photographs, then it, 30 minutes and then at 50 minutes. She said every the more time that they kept it on the disc that it was getting brighter, but the periphery was getting uh, more condensed. She said it was kind of like a magnifying glass, you know? If you're trying That's to burn cool. something, cool. when you go up, the periphery gets smaller until it has enough energy to come. She said it looks like to them that this technology for the first time is turning the photonic energy, the light within the water molecule into a laser beam of energy. That was her exact words. So um, in my mind, this needs to be looked into more. We're just at the beginning of it. But this alone 
You know, cleaning the water on this planet is huge in so many ways, but I think it's just the beginning. Yeah, I was as you were talking and you were explaining that, it made me think, because you've always heard the story of the guy, you know, the guy or whoever has developed a motor that burnt, you know, uses water as a source yeah. to power a vehicle. Do you think that they hit on what you were talking, you know, the 432? They figured out something that emanated that sound, that tone, that separated the water out, and that was the, that was how you could just pour a glass of tap water in and power your vehicle. Very well, could be. I uh, I don't know to be blunt, but um, I would be very interested to find out if they are using frequencies within that technology to split the water into oxygen and hydrogen. Um, yeah, because as soon as they develop, as soon as you hear some story of this guy develop, it's gone. You know, he he no longer. It's like you, know, you can't you can't find information. He he's no longer wants to talk. I mean, all that stuff is. So it makes you wonder if the, if you. So if we don't get to talk to you again because you suddenly you know you suddenly are not available for interviews anymore, we understand it was our fault. Uh, no, you know what, man? They, uh, <laughs> I uh, I know this is one part of the story that. I've not got into much lately, but I was contacted by the NSA, the um, um, the remote viewers, and people will know, but the remote viewers are also connected to uh, reverse engineering. So uh, the head of that program, his name was A.R. Borden, and he took me under his wing and brought me in, and um, they uh, he brought me into a meeting, um, and made some people tell me why they suppressed my um, Spike TV show. Um, and pretty much it was, they said, this subject of higher intelligence, extraterrestrial intelligence has been kept from humanity for a very long time because pretty much they said, we don't trust humanity with unlimited free energy. Said, we know it sounds great, but it's unlimited and it's free and it's energy. So if it was released yep. on a planet that's not ready, that it could be weaponized and create weapons that would make anything we have right now look like child's play. So, um, but this was this meeting that I was brought into with these elite characters that was before Elon Musk and stuff. So, I'm seeing Elon Musk releasing all this information, and I can tell you it was not part of their plan. And so it tells me something has changed. And um, when I met the Anunnaki, um, like I said, Marduk reflected back a negative polarity, and he was in his bad cop role with me until things changed. And all I can tell you is that he said, you know, one thing that they had a problem with, I'm talking to Team Bad Cop, is that I partnered with David Sarita in a documentary. And in it, we had a senior scientist from Lockheed Martin. And uh, he just spilled the beans and showed working anti-gravity and how it worked and let us film it. And um, <clears throat> so they... He, Marduk is in front of me, and he's like, I work for the people who decide what gets released to the public regarding the extraterrestrial subject. And Boyd Bushman, 
senior scientist from Lockheed Martin was not on the list. This was never supposed to be revealed to humanity. So how did this happen? And uh, he was not nice about it either. And I said, well, I willed it in the manifestation. I think it's bullshit that this has been kept away from humanity because it's keeping our evolution, it's keeping us back, you know? So after they, he said, we need to know what you know. And he brought out a wand, like picture, uh, like about this size, actually. It had a purple diode at the end of it. And it was really vibrant and glowing. And he pointed it right at my third eye. And I could feel it stimulate my third eye. I met, actually, I went, ah, truth serum. I have at it. I don't have anything to hide. And from what I understand now, the NSA group told me there's a lot better ways that they have than a lie detector to see what you know. What I heard is they can hit your Akashic records, see who you've been, who you are, and who you will be. And at that point is when everything changed. And, it's very minority uh, report. Yeah, yeah. Some of those movies, yeah. I think they're very yeah. important. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the tank right now. If those are the re in a remote viewers, you know, they're just like, come in here. It's just, it's like, yes, we've seen this. It's like, oh, man. You know, what's funny is I didn't learn remote viewing from them. I had, you know, I, at one point in my life, I asked, because of a tragedy in my life, actually, I just hit a wall and I said, listen, if there's anyone out there or in here, man, you need to speak up. And I was instantly like guided to this bit of spiritual information called the Seth material. And it was channeled by uh, Jane Roberts. Not sure if you guys are familiar, but super, uh, that's what taught me. I, you know, it's all about, you know, belief, which is thoughts, feelings, and emotion create your physical reality. It's like, you know, we're, we think we're observing reality, but we're interacting with reality. And the Seth material said you can sum it up and you get what you expect. There is no other main rule. Fear, love, right? You put out fear. Matter of fact, you're going to get it back. Definitely. Magnifold. And light, too. That's, you know, people don't know, but way back... 27,000 years ago, the uh, the Anunnaki knew that a pole shift was coming. So they wanted to help mankind be the most prepared for the end of this galactic cycle, the end of the Mayan calendar, right? It was 2016, by the way, not 2012. And um, that... Uh, it feels like that was wrong too, and it's supposed to be 2020 because this this year's been all messed up. You know what, man? I can. Uh, they gave me the answer to this because even our time, everything is uh, 432 based. If you look at how many seconds is in 12 hours, it's 43,200. It's 432. 432. And, you know, back to that 432 number. That 432. Um, so what you know is. All 432 base numbers resolve the nine, as we're saying, um, you know, four plus three plus two equals nine. So one day I'm sitting there watching the movie 2012, and I'm like, wait a minute, man, that's a five. It's not a nine. It, their, mm -hmm. their own way of tracking time is based on 432. So I went, well, what's the next year that uh, resolves to – a nine and it's 2016. 16. So what I want to show you, 
this is another crop circle that was part of the communication with me. See those symbols at the at outside of the seven pointed star? Yeah. That's uh, uh, Baktun. Baktun is the Mayan calendar. Um, it's 144,000 days. It's a Baktun is a long count Mayan calendar symbol. So 144,000, each one of those. This was why at the end of the calendar, they said they thought it, it was the end of the world because the calendar ends on the 13th Baktun. Well, it's not the end of the world. It's the end of the age of Pisces and into the age of Aquarius. Um, the age of Aquarius is the first Baktun. You know, the 14th Baktun is the first Baktun of the age of Aquarius. So this is real simple. You know, take... There's 14 Baktuns marking the end of the old calendar and into the next calendar. This is by the Anunnaki put into a field. Again, this was right next to the 51.428 UK St. Michael line. So God, that's crazy. Yeah, ain't it? <laughs> so it's wicked. So just multiply 144,000 by 14. What you get is. 2016 with a bunch of zeros at the end of it. So I'm like, oh, great. I was right. <laughs> Sometimes I like confirmation, but 2016 is the end of the calendar. So we have entered the age of Aquarius. And um, it, when you say things are when, about to get real good. I know it looks crazy out there. But. When, you say, when you say the age of Aquarius, are you talking about as far as, can you break that down a little bit? Are you talking about as far as the Zodiac Aquarius or just the well, age of Aquarius? It's called the precessional cycle, and um, it does make up the zodiac, but, you know, the planet Earth has a slight wobble, and that wobble takes 26,920, I believe it is, which is a – so here's the deal. It takes 27, which is weird. That's four octaves below 432, right? It takes um, – 27,000 years for that Earth's wobble to make one complete cycle. And as you look out, it's the zodiac around that. That's where it came from. So what really toasted my noodle is Richard Hoagland says NASA knows that the precessional cycle is all encoded with 432 information. So then that sent me down another uh, a uh, another rabbit hole. But for your listeners, if you really uh, just type pre-sessional cycle on YouTube and there's some great instruction, pretty much it's just the wobble of the earth and it's uh, 27,000 year transit through that wobble. But when I met the Anunnaki, they told me their succession of kingship and how they related to humanity was totally based on the precessional cycle. At that time, I didn't know it, what it even meant. And um, they said, the second we entered the age of Aquarius, there would be a change of leadership for their own race and how they related to mankind would change. And um, they said we would have either made it or we wouldn't have made it. And since we're talking right now, we made it. <laughs> yeah, that's well. I, I would just, you know, just for the light side of this thing, I, I always people are like this is going to be the end of the world. I'm like, or 
did the Mayans just flat out get tired of, you know, I mean, they're looking at each other. It's like, dude, how many tablets we got to chisel, man? Yeah. I mean, seriously, we got to stop some point. I mean, we're, or I'm already 2000 years past when we're, we're uh, man, once you look into it, you find out all it is, is the, um, moving from the 13th Bakhtun to the 14th Bakhtun. There is no 14th Bakhtun. The, the Mayan calendar ends on the 13th Bakhtun. So people assumed the end of the calendar meant the end of the world, and it's not. It's just the 14th Bakhtun is the first Bakhtun of the age of Aquarius. It's just that simple. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, do you, have, do you think that has any correlation with NASA announcing that 13th Zodiac sign? Hmm. That's very interesting because the whole 13th with the Native American Indians, there's 12 altars of chiefdom, but the star altar, most of those 12 don't even know about the 13th altar. And that's the cosmic connection. Um, well, have you guys heard about the 13 crystal skulls? Mm -hmm. um, I just began work with the most famous one, the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull and uh, just brought it to East Lake, Ohio to an unknown mound site to, you know, do work there. And then uh, in December, we're bringing it here to central Florida. Well, the 13th crystal skull is said to be the galactic connection. You know, the other 12 are all earth centric. Um, they have the Akashic records that is of the earth and all of the information, but the 13th, crystal skull is the galactic connection and it has the blueprints to bring mankind into a galactic society and the next golden age and it'll happen behind the scenes effortlessly and ripple free and um so i've begun taking the mitchell hedges crystal skull to all the ancient sites um in hmm. ceremony to pretty much unlock i gotta tell you though um you know, Chief Colin Light Eagle said that particular crystal skull is over 200,000 years old. Um, but uh, it's pretty much priceless. You know, they have it valued at a half a million dollars, and it should be in a museum behind glass. But uh, its owner and guardian right now, his name is Bill Haman, and usually he doesn't allow anyone to touch it. And um, so I sit down in front of it. I got to tell you, one of the Native American grandmothers told me how to take the knowledge and wisdom stored in the serpent mound in Ohio mm -hmm. into my own vessel. And it had to do with there's a ley line that runs through the serpent's mouth. And I had to put my forehead right on the ley line, right on Mother Earth, and um, then do a sp specific visualization and meditation to take that energy into my own vessel when i sat down in front of the 13th crystal skull you know it communicated to me you need to do that same ceremony so awkwardly i'm like you know it's kind of telling me i need to put my forehead on it he goes yeah i know you know go ahead you have permission so i put my third eye right on that skull and i got really brave as i was doing the ceremony i opened up my eyes <laughs> It's like the eyeballs are right here. You know what I mean? It's like, holy crap. It's like looking into a world of crystal and light. And it's like the craziest kaleidoscope yes. you've ever seen. But um, <clears throat> the deal is it's 
the, the myth is it's looking for specific individuals to download its knowledge to bring mankind into the next golden age. So I'm, I feel very um, blessed to begin work. But so the whole 13th symbol and Chief Golden White Eagle says, you know, 12, dividing things by 12 is masculine. 13 is the feminine part of the equation. And um, it seems to be all connected, whether it's, um, you know, the 13th star altar for Native American Indian chiefs, 13th, you know, crystal skulls, the galactic connection. And um, so, yeah. Hmm. That's, that, that's, that's cool. Because uh, it's, it's funny that, you know, just all this connection, because we had Joshua Shapiro on you know, earlier. And, you know, that one was, you know, was really just kind of eye-opening just seeing him communicate with Geronimo, his skull right there. It was just like real, yeah, he was like real-time communication with him. It's like, I know, I know, no, I'm, you know, it's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to have this conversation. And I'm like, he was so connected to it. Like I said, it was, it was as if a, you know, full-bodied person was standing right next to him communicating with him at the same time. I mean, he just had that just in tune with it. And so that having it, cause you're going, you're going to be taking it to crystal Springs, the mound right there over. Um, is that, that's the one, right? Crystal Springs. Uh, yeah. You, I'm glad you know that <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Um, it's found out now when the Nephilim left the Yucatan, um, you know, it's been not known why the Mayan culture just disappeared. Well, the elders who brought all the knowledge and wisdom didn't like the flesh and blood sacrificing going on. So they got out of Dodge and they went right to Crystal River. You know, pretty much they're finding out if you just got in the ocean at the Yucatan, the current would take you right to Crystal River. So what I can tell you is they found a... First of all, I've been there many, many times, um, and there's a mound complex there, and they know it was a mine complex because they track, mine complexes track the equinox and solstice with great accuracy, and um, that's because if you picture the ley lines around the planet and picture it like ebbing, you know, and it, when it's the most powerful is on the equinoxes and solstices. So what they found in Crystal River is right across the river from the Mayan mound complex, they, uh, some researchers said, well, if this is a Mayan complex along this line should be a Mayan step pyramid. Well, that took it right across the river, a Crystal River. So they sent up a drone with ground penetrating radar. Sure enough, there's a, there's a Mayan step pyramid in Crystal River, Florida. It's historic, you know? Wow. So, yeah, wow, that's, that's where cool. we're bringing it. And then a lot of places in the future, uh, uh, Cahokia, Chichen Itza. And um, like I said, I just done a TV show with the Canadian uh, Public Corporation. And that 51.428 ley line, I mean latitude line, it runs through Canada and the UK. So we're going to be taking the skull to all those ancient sites in the UK, St. Michael's Ley Line, uh, 
you know, through Ave Bearing, Stonehenge and all that. And But not only that, we're going to be taking it to all the ancient sites through Canada. Um, so it's exciting times. Wow. That's so like you got a busy sound like you got a busy schedule ahead of you. <laughs> well, you know, it's just it's kind of happening on its own. So I'm just kind of like strapping myself in and just enjoying the ride because you know, I'm really a musician more so than anything. And that's really what I'm excited about is I got some new projects happening. Um, any of you guys familiar um, with Dan Reed from the Dan Reed Network? Mm-mm. No, this that's a new name to me. He opened sixty shows for the Rolling Stones. Uh, opened up for David Bowie. He was a huge inspiration to me growing up, and even being a musician. Well, me and him have become like brothers now. For the first time, we're collaborating on music. And uh, Billy Sheehan, who was the bass player for David Lee Roth when he quit Van Halen, and he. Uh, He's actually in a band with Bumblefoot, who does the music for, oh, yeah, there he is. Um, So I'm working on music, new music, with some of my heroes, and I'm really excited about all that as well. It's all good, you know. This is the good stuff. I went through a period of the dark night of the soul, and I'd much rather have the surreal good stuff than the surreal bad stuff. Well, I mean, you seem like you're in a really good place. You know, like I said, it's Awesome. Well, yeah, Mike, Michael Lee, man, I really appreciate you coming on, sir. This, oh, this, was, this, so this is a blast. I mean, we would love to, if when we come up with some different topics, like I said, it's like definitely love to have you back on too as well. Oh, man, there's yeah. a, a ton more topics. I, uh, you know, the work I did with the NSA, I got all the learning material. I have um, the eBooks, the actual, the tasking instructions. I was, brought in as a you know part of a seven member team and uh, so yeah there's a lot to talk about well that's and i'm gonna write that down actually because that would be even myself that that's really piquing my interest in just the stuff between the nsa and the remote viewing and stuff so well dude uh check out my blog i'm that's probably my favorite thing about my website is the ability to share what i've learned in as much detail as i want um but also as concisely as I can. And um, in there, just scroll through. There's a lot you'll probably dig, all three of you. But one of them is, you know, I got a, a link in there that says I was a member of a secret space program and it has all the details, the info. At the very top, you'll find the blog. <clears throat> Keep on yep. going. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and order some of your merchandise. I like a couple of your chains that you have on there. Um, so yeah, man. That's no, what uh, the Native American. They told me how to do this water blessing ceremony, and they said to have a shamanic tool, it just needs to be made by your own two hands. They said once I did this water blessing ceremony, anything that contains this image will bring forth the attributes of Fountain of Youth water here in Florida. Um, so yeah, please do. And, um, got some cool mugs too. Cause you know, imagine this is going to restructure any of the water that's in here. Crazy as it sounds. So to me, this is the Holy grail and it's all yours <laughs> for the price of, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> that's right. 
Yeah, you know, go ahead. So, you didn't have to stop. Go ahead. Yeah, and promote so where, yeah, where can, where can I find it? You can have this for the low, low price of you need to go to Michael Lee yeah, Hill.net and you can find out more. Go yeah, there. Tell people all for the small price of your ego. That's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> but everybody, you know, go to, you know, go to Michael Lee Hill.net. Go check it out. Please support him. Give him, you know, this stuff. Obviously, it's only going to help, you know, help him further, you know, his ventures in this field, which by all indications, you know, is going to have some really possibly large breakthroughs and potential behind it. So please support him. Thank and you. yeah. And once again, just thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And we'll definitely be in touch and get about getting you back on. And if you don't, if you don't mind, share, um, share us on your network, on your Facebook page, and we'll go ahead and share your website on our page. If some of our viewers would like to purchase some of your items. Oh, that'd be great. Um, and it'll just be on YouTube or how to yep. uh, YouTube. Well, I'll get you those uh, links. Yep. Perfect. Yep. I'll get those. Over I really you. appreciate the opportunity to share and you guys are great to talk with. Uh, well, same, we appreciate that. Same so. here. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on, man. I pre appreciate it. Cool. Peace. Peace. All right, everybody. Let's see if I can get this right. Uh, Broth's Beard Care is our sponsor from Central Florida. Go to broadspiritcare.com. Yeah, go to go. You know, use promo code three beards with capital B. You're going to save 20% off. We have our signature blend, which was made by Kelly for us. You, you, you go to there. You purchase that. Not only are you supporting him, uh, local craftsman, you with all natural ingredients, you are also supporting us. The three beardos. beardos. And we appreciate you for that. Um, Nanny Cakes 407 on Facebook. 407-923-2898 is the number. Here in Central Florida, you are going to get an amazing cake for an amazing deal because Mitch and us, you're going to save 15%. Outside of us, you might even be able to talk her, and she might include a plastic fork to help you eat whatever arrives. But it will so taste amazing. Eat a spoon. So, but I can't, I can't, I can't guarantee it. I mean, and if you want, I could probably ask Nancy to autograph the fork. I, I don't know. We could probably figure something out. But support Nancy, support Nancy Bur there at you know Nanny Cakes four hundred seven three beards podcast.com is our location for the Beardo headquarters. Patreon.com. If you want to become one with the Beardos, that is how you do that. Forward slash three beards podcast. Check us out on the socials. Like us, share us, become one with us. We are there. Everybody, appreciate you watching. Thank you, everybody. We will see you later. Good night.